You're listening to Talk Birthday to Me, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelby Prop, and I'm creating a space to talk about infertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Tune in to hear guest interviews and real-life experiences from real moms. Welcome to today's episode. I'm excited to be talking to Liesl Teen, who is also known as Mommy Labor Nurse on Instagram. So Liesl, if you want to introduce yourself... Yeah. Hi. Hello. I'm Liesl. Um, I'm a labor and delivery nurse from Raleigh, North Carolina in this pandemic that we're going through right now. Um, but I'm also, yeah, mommy labor nurse on Instagram. I do a lot of educational stuff on there in my Instagram infographics and pictures with Barbies and Play-Doh and I just get real creative. Um, I also have my, yeah, very colorful. Um, I also have my podcast and website and all of that good stuff. So my thing is I'm a part-time nurse, I guess, part-time blogger, (laughs) part-time mom. I just kind of do a lot of stuff. (laughs) I wear a lot of hats. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to be here with you. Um, So we're going to just chat about the top 10 things that your labor and delivery nurse wants you to know. So if you want to go ahead and jump into that. Sounds good. So I have just kind of a a list of 10 things here. So the first one is definitely, and these are, I guess these are going to be more tips for a first time mom. Um, I'm sure some of these would hit home with a second or third or fourth time mom. But the first one is definitely that labor and delivery, labor in general, labor contractions are nothing like you've ever quite experienced before. And that just simply means that you can think up in your head of what they're going to be like, and I can sit here and talk to you what they're going to be like and what they're going to feel like. You know, they feel like really strong period cramps times 100, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's really nothing like anybody has really ever quite felt before, and you can't really compare it to much. Um, it's, you know, it, it's tough. I, I think it's the labor is just kind of the thing. And, and even if you get an epidural, you know, like, you can prepare as much as you want to for labor. Um, and I encourage you to do so. Obviously I have, you know, my courses about educating yourself, but you know, it's really, it's nothing like you've ever been through. It's not, it's no, you can't compare it to any other experience. You know, it's not like getting married. It's not like, you know, graduating from high school. It's not like, like just a very, very unique experience. So I think that's just kind of number one off of, you know, kind of number one, um, in terms of what you're getting yourself into. Like, it's just, you can't compare it to anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always like when so, I, doula, I'm always like, what do contractions feel like? And it's like, I can't put into words like yeah. what you're going to feel. And some people feel them very differently too. So mm-hmm. some people feel them in their back, you know, they have really, really bad back labor. Sometimes they're in your, the front, you know, of your belly. Sometimes it's really, really bad hip pain. Um, there's pressure, you know, a lot of pressure that comes along with it. Yeah. It's a very, I mean, it's pain, you know, it's pain, yeah. but it's a very unique experience for everyone. Exactly. Yep. So number two is labor and deliver nurses. <laughs> we are absolutely on your side advocating for you. I think this is sometimes, um, sometimes we get a bad rap. Not always. I I don't think this is like a super common thing that people just 
think, but um, sometimes I'll have a mom come in and she's done a lot, a lot of prep and she has, you know, a birth plan. She has a doula with her. She has this and that. And she's just kind of anti me (laughs) when she first comes in and thinks that I'm going to try and just completely wreck her birth plan and say, no, we can't do this. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. And that's really not what the majority of us are set out to do. You know, that's our job. My, one of my main, one of the main parts of my job is to advocate for you. Um, and I want, you know, I want to hit as many bullet points as I can on your birth plan um, and what you envision, you know, your birth to look like. Sometimes, you know, not everything, sometimes it's not even that we can't offer you this. Sometimes it's just how your birth goes and your baby decides that, oh, I'm going to have a D cell. <laughs> you know, I need to flip you a certain way or do a certain position or something like that. Um, so I think that's just number two that, you know, we're not trying to like squash your birth plans or squat or squash your doula. I love, we love doulas. We love like doulas being able to do what they do best in labor support and me being able to do what I do best in medical support. And, you know, obviously we have, we do the, you know, labor support as well, but yeah, I mean, I, we love doulas. We, we love birth plans. We really try to hit all the points that we can on birth plans, but sometimes obviously it's out of our control. So yeah, we're not trying, we're not trying to kill your vibes <laughs> during yeah. labor. We're trying, we're trying to advocate for you and, ha- and get you to have, you know, the ultimately the birth that you want to have. Yeah. I am so glad you brought that point up because I do <laughs> feel like, I feel like there is like this misconception that, you know, the nurses are, out to mess up your birth plan. And it's not at all. Like, it's like you are a team like you and your patient are a team and you're there to do what's best for them, you know, medically and to support them and all of that. And I think going into a birth, having that outlook of the nurses are out to get you and stuff like that is just going to make your experience so much harder. It is. And it's going to be negative kind of going into it because you're going to be in a negative mindset going into it. Like, oh, I have to really, really advocate for myself. I know I'm going to have to. And that's important. You know, I'm not saying that I don't want you to advocate for yourself if something's not going right and you feel like you're not being treated right. But going with that mindset, like up front is not, is usually not helpful. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, hard so, on <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So number three and number four, I guess kind of go together, but number three is just that things might not go. And I guess number three goes up with number two too, yeah. um, that things might not go quite as planned and they usually don't. <laughs> and there's right. usually something, something that happens or something you know, that you envision that, you know, did not happen. And sometimes it's not anybody's fault. Um, you know, maybe you're blaming your baby's fault, right? Like baby was in a weird position or baby dropped his heart rate or, you know, baby did this or, you know, baby did that, or this was an, or we're having a coronavirus pandemic and we can't do nitrous oxide right now for like safety reasons, or you can't have, you know, your mom there that you were really envisioning. So I think that's also a really, really important thing. Um, A really, really important point to take home is that, yes, you can plan everything out. And, you know, I encourage just 
envision thinking of what you envision your birth your you know your birth plan to look like and even writing stuff down and bringing one with you but just go into it very flexible <laughs> and just knowing that things definitely might not go as planned and it might you know it's probably going to be all completely out of your control and that's okay you know um so the next one is just kind of goes along with that one and it's just that sometimes emergencies and true emergencies do happen. And if that does happen, I, as your nurse and everybody else on your medical team is going to try, we're going to try and do the best we can to work you through it and to prepare you for it. Um, but sometimes emergencies do happen and I'm, I apologize that I just have to kind of do things <laughs> quickly because yeah. there's a safety you know, there's like a safety of it. Like, I ha I'm sorry, I have to, I have to just wipe your belly really quick and I have to just turn you over really quick and I have to just put oxygen on your face. And then I'm like, and I'm like trying to explain to you what's happening, <laughs> yeah. but baby, but the thing about labor and delivery too is unlike caring for adults. Okay. Um, adults decline very fairly slowly, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're gonna have somebody just dropped out of a heart attack. Right. Or like completely like blow everybody's mind and, and, you know, something like you walk in and they're like not breathing or something. Mm -hmm. They, but they typically, adults typically show signs, show signs slowly, even children, older children, especially, um, they, they show signs slowly that they're declining. Um, and babies don't do that. Babies just bam, <laughs> go down really, yeah. really fast without warning. And sometimes there is warning, you know, in the, fetal strip or just what's going on, or we see, you know, some bleeding, but very often it's just this very, like, we're like, Oh crap. Okay. <laughs> the bit, you know, baby's down. We have to like do interventions right now. And we have yeah. to do interventions very quickly because, you know, after a certain time period with, you know, baby not getting oxygen, um, it, it can be very detrimental. So that's just another kind of tidbit that I tell people too, that if you find yourself in that situation, absolutely, I encourage you to do education about like what an emergency C-section looks like, what a shoulder dystocia looks like, you know, what certain, you know, obstetrical emergencies look like, and this is what it is, and this is what we might do. Um, but just know that sometimes this stuff is, is very overwhelming for you. And I just have to, I'm just kind of doing stuff to you. And we're always going to explain afterwards what you know what kind of happened if we weren't even if we were checking all the boxes and saying okay I'm gonna do this or okay we're gonna do this or okay are you okay with us doing this and this is why this needs to happen in the time we're still gonna debrief with you afterwards because that is just that just you know fosters healthy communication right um, but sometimes that just happens and unfortunately we do we do everything in our power to not prevent that from happening, but sometimes those types of things just happen. And we just, you know, you might find yourself flipped upside down with a, with a oxygen mask on your face and, you know, the Pitocin's off and we're rolling you to the OR possibly, you know, yeah. and you just don't know what happened because we just do it so fast because we have to, you mm -hmm. know, to save, to get baby out quickly. So exactly. that's definitely number four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But number five kind of goes along with that too. Number five is about safety. So my number one goal is obviously always safety. So, you know, I want you to have a, a beautiful, wonderful birth, but, uh, you know, 
safety is obviously my, my number one here. I want, I want your baby. I want you to be very, very safe. Mm -hmm. I want baby to be very, very safe. Um, I want you to come out of it with a very, very healthy mindset. You know, that's, it's not that this is not, that's not important to me, but your safety is ultimately number one. And I would think most people would agree with that. Like I would rather you, okay, Lisa, I would rather you save my life than like, you know, make sure that I have like a really awesome, amazing birth. Exactly. But that doesn't mean to say, that doesn't mean to say that, you know, being safe and being happy can't absolutely coexist. It's all about positive, clear communication, you know, between me, you, all members of your healthcare team. But we all, we always have, safety is always our number one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Yeah. Uh, number six. Okay. <laughs> number six is we're, we're going away from all the, um, the serious stuff. Number <laughs> six is just, <laughs> number six is just modesty is a bit out of the window. And you probably would agree with me on that. Yes. 100%. <laughs> that birth, yeah. That birth, you know, if you're the kind of person that's really, really modest, um, I would just kind of prepare yourself for that because there's, really at the end of the day, no way for me not to see your vagina and your butt and your boobs and, you know, kind of just, you know, if if I'm helping you with breastfeeding, like it's just, there's really, I mean, I'm going to try and close the curtain as much as I can. I'm going to try and cover you with a sheet as much as I can if, if you need that. But, um, yeah, unfortunately birth is just, that's where babies come out, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Yep. We can't just, um, we can't just, yeah, we can't just not, not look at you down there. Unfortunately. Right. Um, but we always, you know, I promise no judgment. Like there's no, there's no one vagina or butt that I've seen that I'm like, oh, I remember this vagina and I remember what this looked like. And I, you know, it's like, they all yeah. kind of look the same after a while. And it's like, I'm no judgment. I mean, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, the patient in room four had this like really funky looking vagina, <laughs> you know, like, of course not. Right. Um, and that also brings me to the whole debate about, about pubic hair too. So this is a, this is a popular post that I did a while back. And I think I just basically said something like, um, like I care about your baby and you being healthy, like not really what your pubic hair looks like because, <laughs> right. because I think, I think a lot of people, um, that's a con, especially for first time moms. I think that's a common fear that they have. Like, oh, I have to, I have to shave or I have to like wax my pubic hair, like just, you know, for the medical staff so they don't like judge me or whatever. I'm like, no, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I mean, I think some people, like, after I posted that post, some people were like, well, I did like to just kind of clean up because I knew I would be bleeding a lot from postpartum. And I just, you know, the clotting with the bleeding, I just didn't like a whole lot of hair down there understandable, you know, and if that's what you're used to, and if you're the kind of person that, you know what, you get, you get, you know, your stuff waxed once a month and that's just your norm. Um, by all means, you know, keep doing your norm. It's not, but I'm, I just, I don't encourage patients. I definitely don't encourage patients. If you've never had anything waxed down there, don't save your very first wax session when you're nine months pregnant before delivery, because you will be on fire. <laughs> just, 
<laughs> yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, there's just a lot of blood flow going on down there and it just hurts a lot more when you're pregnant. Um, so, and I like, I've had, you know, gotten waxed down there and I remember my very first one and I wasn't pregnant and it being terrible. So I'm like thinking about doing it nine months pregnant. I'm like, Oh God. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Like I remember my, my waxed lady, the wax, well, the waxing lady, like specifically said that to me. She was like, you wouldn't believe how many people come in first time nine months pregnant because they're about to give birth. And I'm like, Ooh, girl, this is going to hurt. I'm yeah. Sorry. No kidding. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> and also, I mean, if you're thinking about shaving, like, uh, uh, gosh, I mean, if you want, if some, if your partner's willing to help you, you really, you, it's really, really important for you to shave. Okay. Get your partner to help you. Um, but it's, it's hard to kind of blind shave down there with a big giant nine month belly. So I just say, you know what, we don't care what it looks Mm -hmm. like. Just, just go in and then, (laughs) and you know, just know that like, it's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. We have more, we have more important things to worry about. And another thing that um, I want to dispel this myth, because I saw this comment a few times, people were saying, oh, if you tear, can they still like stitch, you know, stitch you up if you tear? Absolutely. Like stitch you up if you tear, if, if, um, if you have pubic hair. Absolutely. Because most of the time where you tear in your perineum, there's no perineum inside your vagina, or there's no hair inside your vagina. So it's not and I mean, it's not even, I mean, they, they stitch up people with hair without hair. So that's just kind of a myth that, oh, I have to shave because I'm worried about tearing. It's usually, first of all, where you're not going to tear. It's going to be on your parent, you know, in your, in your perineum. And if you tear a little bit higher, um, I mean, maybe they would be like, oh, can I have a razor really quick? But I've never, never once in my practice and I've seen a lot of higher tears too, where it's not just your perineum, it's like your labia or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, never once had a provider be like, oh, actually we, we need to shave um, this woman and then I can like stitch up her tear. So that's just also completely false. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I hadn't, I hadn't so, heard that one yet. <laughs> asked if they could, huh, that's an interesting. Yeah. Will yeah. you be surprised? Like I, when I posted that, a few people commented that on that and I was like, I mean, that I guess logically, maybe it makes sense. You think if you have any other kind of surgery, Mm -hmm. right, they like shave your, you know, they shave your back or they shave your arm or shave whatever. But yeah, in this case, no. So that's also just, just something. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So next one is, I think we're on number seven. So next one is if you're in active labor, you're probably my only patient. It's not like we have uh, now, unless it's like crazy, crazy staffing ratios, but typically in labor and delivery, um, how our staffing ratios are with nurses, ner- you know, nurse to patient ratio is one to one. Once you get an active labor, or maybe you're getting induced, or maybe if you already have an epidural, it's usually you know usually going to be one to one unless the floor is like crazy, crazy busy and there's nothing we can do but you know pair pair two people up with this one nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never going to be ever more than two. Um, so just keep that in mind too. I mean, you're, you know, it's, you're not going to have be having a fight with 
your nurse is going to be present. I guess that's the, uh, that's ultimately what that uh, point means is that your, 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 uh, your nurse is only patient after a certain point. Now, early labor, um, or if you're there for some other kind of reason, you're, you know, you, your blood pressure is high, you have to stay in the hospital for this reason, or your water breaks early, you're on antiparta, you know, something like that. Um, you might have, your nurse might have other patients, but if you're having your baby, you're in active labor. Um, yeah, your your nurse is only patient, so we are full attention to you. Yeah. <laughs> you're their so, priority at that yeah. point. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, as it should be, as mm-hmm. it should be. Yeah, yeah. So next one is, I we obviously are going to treat you the same way as we would anybody. Um, you know, I take care. I work at a community hospital, so I take care of a lot of. I mean, we take care of every, we have a private practice, we have a couple private practices, but we take, you know, a, a lot of patients from uh, the health department who don't have insurance or they, um, we take a lot of care of a lot of patients from the prison who come in and give birth and they, everybody gets treated the same way. I mean, it's not like I'm going to treat you any differently if you are, <laughs> you know, from low income versus a high income. I mean, I think some some nurses, like, you know, you would think they, oh, you're going to get treated better because you're like from some rich, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think that's like ridiculous, but it still probably happens. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I've seen it happen too. Like, that's the bad thing that I work with a couple nurses who I think they're just a little bit, not anything racial, but just like they treat certain patients differently, which is right. sad to me. Mm-hmm. Um but no, we treat, and regardless of if you, there's a language barrier, um, I take, we take care of a lot of patients who are Hispanic, uh, who are Spanish speaking only. And I'm still going to, you know, I don't speak fluent Spanish, but I'm going to try and do my Spanglish as, as well as I can to you. And we have interpreters there. So we're going to give you the same, you know, absolutely the same care as anybody else on the floor. So don't worry that, you know, we're, that your nurse is going to be treating you any different if mm-hmm. if you have something against you or something right right so, yeah, yeah. So. and if at any point you felt like that I mean there's always the option yeah. to ask for a different nurse or you know something absolutely. like that absolutely and that brings up a good point too that that's well within your right to do um, I think a lot of people go in and think that they can't cha- like they just get assigned to a nurse and that's it. If they don't have a good relationship with their nurse or their, their doctor or their anesthesiologist or whoever it may be. Yep. And yeah, at the end of the day, if you feel like you're not getting treated right, or you, you know, something is unfair in your care, absolutely speak up about it. And you can, you can speak with the, the person directly. Um, if you feel comfortable to do, you know, to do that, some people would prefer to say, Hey, can I speak to the charge nurse? Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, about this, about something. And then you explain your situation to the charge nurse. We're going to try and make accommodations, you know, as best we can. Sometimes, uh, of course, it's impossible. Right. But most of the time, most of the time, if a patient is very unhappy with their nurse or their care, um, we can, we can make different assignments or sometimes it's just a communication barrier. I mean, I've seen that too, where the patient, um, like it was kind of just a newer nurse and she was kind of having an off day. And I mean, she's, you know, really good nurse, but like 
the patient just kind of got really bad vibes and like thought the nurse didn't know what the heck she was doing. And so brought the charge nurse in there and charge nurse like, Oh, you know what? Like she just lost her father, like, <laughs> you know, like last week. And like, she's just ha- having a rough day and she is a new nurse, but like, she's a really, really great nurse. And I mean, after like everybody was kind of on the same page, she, the patient ended up keeping the same nurse and everything was fine. And like, Right. It was totally fine. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just like a communication barrier kind of thing too. But yeah, absolutely. If you feel like you're being treated unfairly, um, you have a right to speak up and you have a right to, you know, not to fire your, <laughs> to fire your nurse or your healthcare provider. So, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So number nine, I think we have two more. Number nine <laughs> is you might uh, curse <laughs> at me or get angry with me <laughs> because you're in pain. But I do not, nobody will take it personally. Um, I, I, I mean, I can't tell you the name, all of the names that I've been called. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gosh, like I've had people call me outrageous names in the moment. Um, but afterwards, and 90% of the time afterwards, people are like, most women are like, I'm so sorry. I said, like, what, what just came out of my mouth? Like, did I just call you that? Or did I just snap at you like that? I'm, that is not the kind of person that I am. I'm so sorry, blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah. And that's, but you know what? That's just pain talking, you know, that's just transition and frustration that you're like, oh, I've been at this for so long. And why are you in my way? And blah, 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 blah. So yeah, yep. yeah, that, that might happen and that's okay. And it's okay. If it happens, we're not going to judge you. I'm not going to be like this patient. You know, now I, I dislike my patient. I'm going to treat her a different way because she called me a certain name. No, I understand. We all trust me. We all understand. We've all been called names. We've all been like, you know, grabbed at and and just been like, like Oh, I'm sure I get it. I get it. And then afterwards it's all good. And everybody's smiling, happy because the baby's here and everybody's fine. And so that might happen. Um, (laughs) and then the last point is about your partner. So number 10 is I care about your partner too, whoever that may be, you know, it might be your partner, your husband, your boyfriend, your whoever. Um, sometimes people come in and, you know, they don't have the father of the baby there and they have their mom there or they have their sister there or something, but I care about them too. Um, and I think that's, that's a good point to add because I really super stress that to people that it's so difficult to watch your loved one go through labor, especially a labor where you're not, you know, you're trying to do it a little bit more naturally. You're not getting an epidural. You're in that trend. It's really hard to watch somebody go through transition and push a baby out, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, somebody that you really, really care about. So I know that in my head. And so I'm consciously aware of that. And I'm going to do my best to not only support you during labor, but to try and support your partner. And I think doulas know that too. You know, you probably agree with mm-hmm. me that, yeah. you know, it's, it's mostly about supporting mom, but like, it's also so much about supporting the partner too, because they're going through it too. You know, they're not in the right. pain, but they're about to have a child and they're witnessing uh, their loved one go through this. And it's so, it can be so emotionally you know, tolling for them. I mean, I'll, I remember my husband, that's one thing that I, especially like, I'm like 20, 26 weeks pregnant now, I think. Um, and 
I know with this birth, I want to do that differently because I was really prepared going into my birth with my son, but I did not prepare my husband. And he just kind of had to sit back and watch and be like, what the heck is going on? And I'm like, you know, it was just like, he almost had PTSD afterwards because he's like, I'm just so shocked that, you know, I had to watch my, my wife go through all this pain for so long. So I have definitely made it a point to really, really try and educate him more. Now he has the experience already of, of going through one birth. So he kind of knows what to expect, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do him more of a service to let him know what kind of things that he can really do to help me. Because I think that's something that partners really, really struggle with is that they feel like they're just you know, a burden or they're not helping and they feel helpless. And, you know, I'm, and that's what I really tried to do with partners too, is I say, you know, maybe I'll be doing counter pressure with the patient and I'll say, okay, dad, come over here. Um, this is, you know, let's do counter pressure with her. So you feel like you're actually helping and a lot, I mean, gosh, like a lot of times counter pressure is so, so effective. And that's like really an active thing that dad, or partner can do, you know, to help, um, to help mom through labor. So it's really, it's about that too. I mean, I, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm caring for you. Obviously you're the one in the pain, but my, my goal is to care for both of you <laughs> equally, right? Yeah. So you both yep. come out of there with, you know, healthy mindset. Everybody's good. You've had like a super awesome, amazing birth. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that's, that's probably my one. 10 tips. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think that's one of the big things that I remember from, um, well, both of mine was that the nurse yeah. just being so great about, you know, obviously I was the patient, but like taking such good care of my husband and Anybody who was yeah. in the room with us, you know, they were always just like, can I get you anything? You know, just like over the top, yeah. like doing whatever they needed to do to support everybody. And yeah, it was great. So, yeah, no, because it's so, I mean, I was just working yesterday and like it, it like, so mom was laboring naturally and dad was just kind of sitting there like, you know, dumbfounded and you mm-hmm. just kind of have to go over and be like, do you need a minute? You know, do you want to, because right. sometimes it's just sometimes all they need is they're so engulfed in it mm-hmm. and they just need a f- five minutes to go into the bathroom and to just like throw water on their face mm-hmm. or just, you know, me to go some, you know, step out of the room, take a breather. Okay. I know it's really, really hard. She's in a lot of pain right now, but we're almost done. You're doing a great job. I think you can probably do this, this, and this, and she's really going to react, you know, beneficially towards this and, and okay, everybody's on the same page. Okay. We can go back in. Sometimes it's just, I mean, that makes all the difference or whatever it may be, but yeah, it's just, it's so hard for them too. And I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't personally, I mean, obviously I've been through labor myself, but I haven't had a family member yet. A family member, I've watched friends go through labor and that's a little bit different, but Mm -hmm. a family member go through labor. so I can't, I guess I can't like think of ex- exactly what that like, that's like, because I haven't been right. through it. Um, but I mean, I'm even thinking that it's probably so hard as a mother watching your daughter, do- you know, your, if yeah. you have a daughter, your daughter goes, you know, cause like, that's right. my baby and like, she's in so much. So it's like, that's even a, even more complex, um, complex thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough. 
it's definitely tough for everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody involved. Yeah, I totally agree. So. Um, well, what would your best advice be for parents or soon to be parents? So I would say, I think you probably picked up on it already, but certainly educate yourself before you go into the birth process because yes, crazy things can happen. Um, but if we educate ourselves on, on what labor looks like, how to get through labor, what kind of birth do I want? Um, what are certain things that might happen? What are certain interventions that, that might happen? If we just kind of engulf ourselves in birth before it happens, we're ultimately, you know, you're going to get rid of a lot of that anxiety leading up to birth, especially for first time moms that they have that super like, uh, you know, I'm so, I don't, I don't have, I don't have anything to compare it to. And I'm so anxious about going into it. You're educating yourself. You're getting a really firm grasp on like, okay, this is what this looks like. You know, ultimately at the end of the day, like I said, in my very first point, it's nothing like you've ever experienced before, but you're going to get rid of so much of that anxiety if you just educate yourself. So, and that's what my whole platform is about is education. So that's what I always say to that question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love yourself. it. I love it. It's and especially, <laughs> I mean, I haven't taken your actual classes, but like your whole platform yeah. is just so educational and it's so easy to just get right to the points of it, you know? So yeah, yeah. I love it. Tr- yeah, I try. Yeah, I try. I try. It's like, I try to, with my posts especially, um, give it in ways that it's easy to understand too. You know, like do it this way, not this way. And it's not some elaborate thing that somebody has to read. It's like, oh, this is what, you know, certain degrees of tearing looks like. And yep. this is what you can expect. And it's like quick little tips and stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. It's my, yeah. it's my passion. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can they find you and all of your fun passions at? <laughs> So I am most of the time on Instagram. Um, that's where I hang out most of the time. And I'm just at mommy.labornurse on there. And I do posts throughout the week. And then I do Q&As on Sundays, usually Sunday nights. I do Q&As. So I'll answer, you know, various questions that people give me. Um, so I'm on there. And then I also have my own podcast now that I'm trying to um, promote a little bit more to people if they want a little bit more in-depth stuff because I go on there and do, um, uh, like just more in depth Q and A's. I mean, there's so much you can say in a 15 second <laughs> Instagram clip. Right. <laughs> so I like to encourage people if you want even more to check out the podcast and to just check out my website too. That's even, you know, even more, if you want to, um, read articles about stuff, there's, you know, long form articles on my website. And then my courses obviously are just at, um, or just on my website too. If you go to just mommylabornurse.com, all of my, all my prenatal courses and all my stuff is there. Awesome. But well, yeah. was there anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, good luck. If you're look if you're listening to this and you're a first time mom, Hey, good luck. You're going to do it. People have done it for millions of, I don't even know how long, but yeah. a long, long time, thousands or millions of years. Right. <laughs> We've been given birth, so you can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Liesl. I think you guys yeah. do some amazing work and thank you so yeah. much for all you do. Thank you so- yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. For more information on today's podcast, to find my online birth courses, virtual and local services, or to support an episode, please go to www.talkbirthytomepodcast.com or follow me on any social media outlet at talkbirthy.podcast. To join our community, go to at modern.mama.society. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen. And thank you for all the support. It means the world to me to have you here with me.